Welcome to the Louis Bellina Show, Wednesday edition. Why, Lou, are you chuckling? Because we are off and running. It's a crazy Wednesday on the Louis Bellina Show, presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Today, 1135, Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman. Tell your friends, signal the alarms, start spreading the word. Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. He was supposed to be with us Tuesday. Normally, he's every Tuesday, 12.05. Cedric had something pop up. Cedric really likes talking to Aggieland. Allegedly, he doesn't mind talking to me in the process. So 11.35 today on the Smoothie King Hotline, it's Cedric Golden. At 12.20, we're going to visit with Captain Andrea Israel. She is with the Salvation Army. Tomorrow starts the kickoff of Angel Tree. If you're new to town, you're not familiar with Angel Tree. It is an all-encompassing effort program way of holiday life in Bryan College Station to make sure that every child gets to have a Christmas. There's so many different ways that you can participate, and it all kicks off tomorrow, and you'll find out today, 1220, the deets, the details, Captain Israel will join me live inside the Charles Schwab studio at 1220. Rounding about 1235, it's a check-in. My good friend, Bubba Bush, BVMMA and Fitness and Valor Fight. We check in with him a couple of times a month. He trains MMA fighters in Bryan College Station. At BVMMA and Fitness, you don't have to be a fighter. That's for anybody that wants to learn a skill, that wants to get in shape. There's so many things that go on at BVMMA and fitness. So Bubba Bush at 1235. Now, there's a couple of more elements. I told you Wednesday's awesome. Wednesday's nuts. We have our listen-in Aggie football players from Aggie Football Media Day, and that is thanks to T-Mobile. That's going to happen in about 13 minutes. And we're giving away tickets to the Texas Renaissance Festival. Thanks to Bud Light. Happens every Monday, every Wednesday, all Texas Renaissance Festival long. Thanks to Bud Light. Today's Wednesday. Listen in to register. You got to register to win. Bill. Bill, class of 79, with our first text message of the day. Cedric Golden is your best recurring weekly guest. I'll tell you what. I'm going to throw open the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. I'm going to make that the question of the day. Who is the best? And best is a relative word. Maybe I should say, who is your favorite? Who's your favorite recurring weekly guest? Because Bill 79, for him, it's Cedric Golden. Who is your favorite recurring guest? Is it Cedric Golden? Is it Bryce Jones? Is it Ola Buchanan, Logan Lean? Is it Mitch Light? Is it Braden Gall? We have quite a few recurring guests. Who is your favorite? 979-693-1150. Tap, tap, hit send. I'll see all your text messages inside the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. Text now. You can pick your favorite. Knock yourself out. There is no wrong answer. Who's your favorite recurring 
weekly guest. 979-693-1150. Last night, it was Tuesday night, but that's not why I brought it up. We got our second college football playoff selection committee rankings. It's not really a shock. It was going to be those four. There's no, no other choice at all. Georgia, dang near unanimous number one, followed by Ohio State two, Michigan three, and TCU is four. The big winner, I think, was Tennessee popping up at number five. With Tennessee at five, they're looking at Ohio State and Michigan who play each other. The loser will not be in the Big Ten title game. The loser of Ohio State-Michigan is guaranteed to drop below Tennessee. Tennessee holds wins over number nine, Alabama. They got wins. They've got the quality of wins surprises me. It's only two or three, but that's more than anyone else in that upper echelon of teams that are, you know, knife fighting for the college football playoff. Tennessee sits in the catbird seat. They're number five in Ohio State, Michigan, two and three play each other. Do you know what Tennessee's remaining three games are? Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Tennessee, to me, is three games away from the college football playoff. Year two, Josh Heupel. The infamous, a year ago, January, 30-plus players had transferred out. They had no AD. They had no coach. And here we are, not even two full years later, and Josh Heupel has them in the college football playoff. Oh, it's not done. But Tennessee's in the five slot with Ohio State, Michigan, 2-3 still to play each other. Also, what are the odds that TCU can actually still run the table? Will they even get past Texas on Saturday? Because TCU has to be undefeated. They can be a one-loss Big 12 champ, and Tennessee will still go in front of them because Tennessee has the high-end quality wins. And unfortunately for TCU, there's no such thing as a quality win in the Big 12 because other than TCU, there's no one else from the Big 12 in the top 15. So it's fascinating to me that Tennessee is the biggest winner in the story. I mean, Georgia, they held their own. Georgia can lose a game, and they'll still go as the four. I think Georgia right now is in pen as far as the college football playoff goes. Winner of Ohio State, Michigan. Look, if they both lose this week, everything I said is wrong. But I think the winner of Ohio State, Michigan's in. So that's two slots are accounted for. But I think there's two open slots. I think Tennessee's taking one of them. Freakily enough. So we're going to have two SEC, but lo and behold, it's going to be not the two we expected whatsoever because there's going to be no Alabama. Here's what I'm thinking now. Who's going to be the fourth one? Because I got Georgia, Tennessee, winner of Ohio State, Michigan. Who's the fourth school? Oregon is slowly and quietly creeping into, and they're in the sixth slot. But would a one-loss Ohio State-Michigan non-conference champ hold off a one-loss Oregon Pac-12 conference champ? That's a question I can't answer.
I know that USC has the brand name. And a one-loss Pac-12 USC would get the rub and would get the four slot. I don't know if Oregon would. I know. Very odd. Remember something, by the way. And I need to put this out there as a disclaimer. Right now, the committee is doing whatever they want. When it counts, they they the polls don't look like this. A lot of people are having fun where they take the top 12 and put together the 12-team playoff that we're going to have in the future. If the committee knew the top 12 were going, this would not be our top 12. That's one thing I hate about the committee. They're not consistent and they're not honest. Because if this was a 12-team playoff, I promise you this would not be the top 12. I promise you it would not be the top 12. I have a text message that says, what about TCU if they run the table? If TCU runs the table, they're in. And they would be kind of like the third team because it would be Georgia, winner of Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and Tennessee. That would be your college football playoff if TCU runs the table. I look at the ways TCU has won, the odds of them running the table, I don't want to say are none, but that's a rough road to hoe for them. They just seem like the team. That, okay, and here's what's so bizarre. Am I insulting TCU if I say they're 11-1? and one? Is that me dissing them and knocking on them and clapping on them if I say they're going 11-1? and one? I don't think so. I just think there's a loss for them to slip in. How many, oh my God, second halves have they had that there'll be one game and the opponent doesn't matter where it's just not there because the officials conspired against them. The weather conspired against them. They're just having a bad day and every team does. TCU lives two on that edge that they're begging to lose just one game. I know. There's only three games left for that to be true. 979-693-1150. Text message number. And there's two things right now Two things right now, if you want to. Who is your favorite recurring guest on the Louis Bellina show? Joe Sheehan, Cedric Golden, Mitch Light, Braden Gall, Bryce Jones, Logan Lee, Olin Buchanan. I hope I'm not forgetting Billy Lucci. Who is your favorite recurring guest? Now, the other thing, and I'm just now opening this up, Who's your college football playoff for? Because I got Georgia, winner of Ohio State, Michigan, and I got Tennessee. I got three of mine that I'm willing to take pen to paper. Pen, pen, not pencil, pen. That fourth slot I don't have locked down yet, but I got four of them locked down. Now let's grab our first time out of the day. We'll be right back. It's the Louis Bellina Show, live inside on a Wednesday, the Charles Schwab Studio. It is the Louis Bellina Show. I am having way too much fun. I can tell you at this point, every single guest of the Louis Bellina Show has gotten at least a single vote. And that that warms my heart. The one that made me laugh, they can't they don't remember her name, which is cool, but where is it? 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 Oh man. I can't find it at this point. I'd have to read from the bottom to the top. That means I probably... Favorite guest, the animal adoption person. That's April Plemons, Long Way Home Adoptables. I mean, every 
one that's a regular guest has gotten votes? Because again, question number one on the table, your favorite recurring guest on the Louis Bolina show, Mitch, Braden, Bryce, Logan, OB, Billy, and then you got Cedric Golden, Austin America Statesman, who's joining us in 14 minutes. Joe Sheehan. There's a bunch of them. Who's your favorite? And yes, April Plemons, Long Way Home Adoptables. And again, everybody. That's what warms my heart. Everybody is racking up votes. Hipster said, said without a doubt. Dan Class is 76. Bryce. Jim said, Professor Golden. We've got Tony Montoya, OB the OG. Landon, they all kill it, but different perspectives are always nice, especially a guy who gives no opinions but facts and a real journalist. He voted Cedric. Couple more, Johnny and Kyle Station. Cedric Golden has been on a long time, and he just tells things as they are good Listen, 979-693-1150. Uh, Brad and Lufkin said his favorite guest is Braden Gall. You could text me your favorite recurring guest or who's your college football playoff final four teams. Either one, perfectly acceptable. You can light up the Texas Mobile and Loop Express inbox. Time now, a listen-in. Every Wednesday, we listen in, select Aggie football players from Aggie Football Media Day. And it's always thanks to T-Mobile, the official 5G provider of the SEC. This is Devon A-Chain. Devon, I know that you were kind of recovering here this last game, but it seems like the last couple of games had a big first half, second half, it's been slowed down a little bit. Can you really put your finger on exactly what that is? Are you tired? Is it defense is making adjustments, all of the above? Um, I wouldn't say I, I'm tired. Just, um, you know, like I said, second half, I guess, you know, defense, they go in, you know, um, just do adjustments. You know, um, everybody got to, you know, go in and fix, like, what happened during the first half. And, you know, basically just, you know, just basically just going there doing the corrections that they, that they doing. And, you know, basically just us just having to keep the same momentum from um, the first half. We'll go to the right side, front row to Travis. Yeah, Devon, uh, just how last week were you dealing with il- illness? How, what percentage do you think you were at during the game? Um, I say like, I was at like eighty percent. You know, it's just, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to just be able to still be able to play. You know, I was just thankful that I didn't like get like get like a bad illness. You know, just basically being out there. You know, just playing every game. You know, this is something that I, I always want to do. You know, I love football, so if I can play, then I'm hundred percent gonna be on the field. And would would you? like to see you more carries, more just direct design runs for you in the second half of games moving forward? Because I know Coach said some of them are RPO, some of them are reads, but uh, your, your your carries, your yards do diminish a lot in the second half. Um, you know, whatever Coach calls, I, that's, that's the play that I'm going with. You know, I'm not a person that's just a teammate that's just going to say, okay, like I want the ball or like give me the ball. That's not something that I do. You know, whatever Coach calls, I'm just the play I'm going to run. We'll stay on the right side, second row to Olin. I've got a couple of things for you, Devon. First of all, um, about uh, 115 yards away from the 1,000-yard mark, does, is that important to you? Um, I didn't even know that until, like, the other day when my coach called me. And, um, but obviously, you know, it's always great to, you know, to achieve, like, accolades and stuff like that. So um, that's something that, you know, that's great in, in my season. Um, I don't just be too much worried about that. You know, I just be trying to go out there and play. So, um, 
I think do think it's a great uh, thing to um, be that far away from a thousand yards. Okay, and I just want to ask you uh, about your future. Have you decided what you're going to do as far as uh, if you're going to go pro, and if not, have you decided? Do you know about when? Any plans when you're going to make a decision decision on your future? Um, no, I have not. That's just something I have to discuss with my mother. Um, no, I have not made no decision about that yet. We'll go to Cease on the left side and then Tyler. Savannah, I was, I was interested. So many players out last week with flu, whatever. Was practice last week different than, say, let's say the first practice before the Sam Houston State week? Was practice different? Um, as in, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of players there. Like you say, everybody it was a lot of people that was sick. But you know, new players, it's always somebody behind you that got to step up. You know, like everybody practice, everybody get the same on the rip. So basically, if somebody's out, we expect like the next guy up to do and you know play that part like the other person did. So basically, you know, it wasn't safe the same. It just it just a short amount of numbers. You mentioned you were probably like at eighty percent. You guys. First half, you're up 24-20. Did you sense that maybe some players got a little bit tired or, you know, they had lingering effects? You know, what about what, what your thought on the second half versus the first half for the team? Um, I just feel like we had a lot of energy in the first half, you know, basically just us coming out fast. That just happened, like, us at practice, you know. When we started our practice during the week, you know, we started out fast, you know, we've been great during the week. And I just think in the second half, you know, we just kind of lost focus. That's just something that we just got to fix. We'll go back behind the lights on the left side to Tyler. Devon, what's the, the locker room like right now, and what, what do you feel like you guys are, are playing for at this point? Um, you know, people might think that, you know, everybody in the locker room, like, you know, I know that we it's been not a great season, but, you know, um, we still take every game as, you know, that we want to come out and win. Like I said, we got three three games left, and, you know, we expect to win. The rest, of our, the rest of the three games, we never go into a game saying, okay, like, we know we just lost last week and the week before that, but, you know, we just come in every day and just try to be great, you know, just basically just trying to get better each and every week. And when you, you know, looking forward to, the, you know, as you look at those next three games, um, with what you did in the first half offensively, do you feel like you guys kind of have the formula and, and know um, what needs to be done in, in order to, to perform well and to win? Um, yes, we do. Um, like you said, you know, we just – Got to go watch film, you know, just correct things, you know, at practice, just, you know, focus on the little errors that we um, that we made mistakes at. And basically just always just um, correcting the little things, you know, then, you know, we'll see where we'll go from there. Any more questions for Devon? We'll go to Zach, front row on the left. Devon, I know throughout the year that you guys uh, welcome recruits in. You discuss the program with them. For for you, what do you feel like a pitch is to guys that might be thinking about Texas A&M and they look at the season, it's a disappointing season. What do you tell them about this program that they would come to Texas A&M? Um, just basically, you know, is you no know, is a family here. You know, just just like you said, just because we're not having a great season, that don't mean you know we all gonna fall apart. You know, as a, as, as a teammate, you know, we all still brothers. You know, we all still go hard for each other. It ain't just, no okay, like, we not have a great season. Like, I ain't feeling like it today or, like, I don't feel like practicing. You know, we all still got that mindset of we trying to get better every day. We'll stay on the left side and go to Cease and then Travis. Where do you feel your, the offensive line is right now? In the last few weeks, they put Dewberry in. They had to put another right guard in last week. You know, you run behind him. I know you just maybe see numbers or holes. But where do you feel the offensive line has been the last three, four weeks, let's say? Um, like you said, we've been been a lot of you know, um, 
transitions for them. You know, I say like I congratulate them because you know it's somebody new every week. Like you say, it's football; anything can happen. But I just congratulate them, you know, for stepping up and doing, be able to do that job. You know, just basically, I've seen in that practice. You know, like you said, Cam was out, and then Mark had to step in. You know, um, just basically, you know, him stepping in. You know, just basically showing that he can he can be able to do the job as well. So basically, just I just congratulate them. You know, and make sure they always stay on top of what they're doing. We'll go front row on the right to Travis. I know there's some calls for, for Jimbo to, to hire a, a different play caller next season. What is it about Jimbo to you that, that makes him a good play caller or, or doesn't make him a good play caller? Um, like you say, I, I 100% believe in um, Coach Fisher. You know, um, he, he, like you said, he's been calling the plays. You know, that's just something that he, that he likes to do. So I don't have no doubt about what he's calling or I don't question what he's calling. You know, whatever he calls, if he, if he feel like it's great, then, you know, we just go in and we just try to execute what he calls. We'll go back to the left side to cease. Sorry, one more. Watch, watching the, the game through the glasses, it looked like, you know, Haynes King was gone through at times a lot of pain. I mean, I, we knew he had a play because Wegman was out. Could you, you speak about King's performance on Saturday? You're in the huddle with him, watching him play, Could what what he did Saturday? Um, yeah, like Haynes King, like that's, you know, uh, like you said, he was going through a lot of pain. So, you know, every after every play I'm asking, like, are you okay? Like, are you good? You know, just checking on him. You know, because I know that he was, like, taking some hits after throws. You know, just basically him being out there and going through what he's going through, you know, I, you know, he just shows that, like, he he's um, 100% um, like with the team. You know, just he's not a selfish teammate. You know, anybody could say, okay, like, I ain't playing. But he didn't do that. So I just, you know, thank him for going out there and giving us his all. We'll go back behind the lights to the right side to Ben. Devon, I know uh, Le'Veon's been able to get in there a little bit uh, these past few games. Just what have you seen from him, just his growth uh, over the course of the season during practice and, you know, what we've been able to see to this point on the field? Um, no, just basically him at practice, you know, just trying to learn. You know, basically just him, you know, asking me questions about what he could have did here or when he come off the field, like asking me, like, what did I see? Basically he wanted to see – like everything from like a different sport, a different point of view, you know, because um, every everybody eyes see different things. So basically, just him, you know, wanted to learn, and wanted to be better, you know, that just sticks out uh, out of him a lot, and uh, that just something I, I always like like about him, you know, he always have a great attitude, no matter if he's playing or not, he always on the sideline, like like watching the game, getting him in the ropes. All right, I think that's all we have. Thank Every you Wednesday, right, we listen in to select Aggie football players from Media Day. And it is thanks to T-Mobile, the official 5G provider of the SEC. You know, every Monday, we listen in live to Jimbo Fisher at 2 o'clock from Media Days. And again, and again, that is thanks to, I, I get so excited, T-Mobile. I love listening into the players. I love listening into the coaches. I truly, unden- oh, oh, my chair. I mentioned this is too much of a rolly chair. I absolutely love listening into what they have to say. That's the way I enjoy it as a fan. When we return up next, it is the Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman. This is the Louis Bellina Show. I am live inside the Charles Schwab studio on a Wednesday. Let us head out to the Smoothie King hotline. It's all. It's basically where all guests join me because they don't live next door. They live in New York, Nashville, and like some, Austin, Texas. We're joined now. I know, it's not Tuesday. Relax, everybody. We're joined by Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman. Kind enough to join us on a Wednesday. Ced was busy yesterday. He's like, I demand my time. I must speak on the Louis Bellina show. And I went, why? And he said he was bored. Cedric, how you doing, brother? 
I'm great. What's up, Luke? Not much, man. Hey, congratulations. You have won the title as favorite guest Louis Bellina Show 2022. You did a, fo- a poll. You know, I, I did something. I'm, 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 how many options were on that poll? I let everybody vote for whoever they wanted. Ah. And everybody got at least a vote. Even the the uh, mascot of the week, adoption lady, as they said. So it was pretty spread out. But in the end, and this is what I truly enjoyed, they people appreciated hearing from what they called a real journalist, a true journalist, and someone who just wanted to speak the truth and didn't have time to have an agenda. I can live with that. Um, people who know me knows they know that you know you don't have to agree with what I say, but you know it's coming from the right place. It's not a, it's it's not something that has uh, ulterior motive behind it. It's just, it's my honest opinion and. Right or wrong, uh, I'm giving you the true, uh, my honest, true perspective, and I'm glad people appreciate that. Yeah, I've always said right or wrong, but the problem is I've never been wrong, so I don't know the other oh, side of that. I'm trying to work my way up to that. I'm I'm hopefully batting about 750, but you know that'll get you into Cooperstown. And but uh, in my business, if you bat 300, you could be, uh, you know, out of a job. <laughs> that's true we don't get to bat 300 it won't last very long let's go back to last weekend and the longhorns slayed some demons we don't know how long term we don't know if they got over any humps we don't know if they're back but they slayed some demons they beat kansas state leading the you know kansas state number 13 kansas state a road win kansas state who's just been tough for them they were able to hold on in the second half they accomplished a lot of things in one game yeah they did and you know the second half struggles were still there they scored three points in the second half and uh it was oh it was enough to get them a win up 31 10 at the half and it's just amazing uh, when you watch them early, how how real, how scary they can look at times. And then all of a sudden in the second half, it goes away. And uh, thankfully for the Horns that they were able to hang on and hang in there, um, force a late turnover to preserve that win. But uh, over the last three games, Lou, they're averaging five points a game in the second half. Five points in the second half, 5.3 and now they're coming up against a team in TCU, which has so much to play for. Uh, they've got they've got CFP goggles on right now. Uh, TCU's averaging 21 and a half points in the second halves of games. And so, if Texas is to uh, keep this momentum going, they're going to have to show up in the second half because TCU is uh, one of the five or six best offenses in the country. Averaging 508 yards a game. That's a lot. Why is TCU one of the best offenses? Is it some blend of Heisman quarterback? Is it an incredible system? Do they have a Heisman candidate wide receiver? Why is TCU's offense so good? I believe they have the right mix of of good play calling. Uh, Sonny Dykes knows these Big 12 streets. His dad was a Big 12 coaching legend, and I mean a Southwest Conference coaching legend, and he know he knows what's going on in this conference. He knows the state. He's recruited well, 
Uh, he's had Max Duggan. Max Duggan has been on that team for four years, and he comes out of camp and loses the starting position, the starting quarterback position to Chandler Morris, who's the uh, son of former Arkansas head coach Chad Morris, by the way. But he loses his job. Uh, Chandler Morris gets hurt. Max Duggan comes in, and the rest is history. 24 touchdowns, two picks, 300 yards rushing, uh, playing as well as any quarterback in the country. And he also have a, a really good receiver in Quentin Johnson, a potential all Big 12 running back in Kendra Miller, a six foot, 220 pound guy who's averaging six and a half yards carry. So they got it going, Lou. They have it going, and they have weapons all around. And they're getting enough stops on defense. Uh, the defense isn't world-beating, but they're getting enough stops on defense uh, to keep opponents honest. So, uh, so if you're you're asking me, I'm going. There's it's a combination of things, and Sonny Dykes has hit all the right buttons so far. And here they are, number four in the country, uh, knowing that uh, some teams ahead of them in the CFP are going to have to play one another. How much? more stock in Texas do you buy after the win over Kansas State? Well, I picked against them. I didn't trust them out there. and uh, But I'm telling you, once you do it, Lou, I think I think that's for a young mind. I think once you do it, you, you kind of get some confidence. You, get, you start to feel like, okay, this guy's not going to fall in the second half. We still didn't score much, but we got out of there with a win. And so – uh, you have to give them credit for uh, going into a hostile environment and winning. And and I think it can only uh, enhance them, uh, and give them more confidence. Uh, you know, T T TCU, uh, when they played last year, Texas went in there and beat them. And B. John Robinson ran wild. And so they're going to be at the house. And they have good leadership in that locker room. And I think the good thing, Lou, is – they don't get to talk about how great they are after this win because they have a much better team coming in. Uh, you know, they, you know, TCU had Kansas State had TCU dead to rights at home, and TCU came back. So I don't know how much better they are, but the record says they are. So they've got to get going. They don't have time to go, oh, look what we did, because if they do that, uh, they might get run. How weird is this going to be that if the Longhorns lose Saturday, it'll be considered a failure, yet they're going against the number four team in the college football playoff. Because Texas is A, at home, and B, they're the seven-point favorite. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So the, the rankings say that they're playing the fourth-best team in the country. And can't we all agree that the Texas Longhorns aren't a, aren't the top aren't a top five team? I don't think they're the top country. ten, do you? I mean, let me be fair here. No, Are they even top ten? I 10? do not. I do not. I don't know. I do not. I think they're top 20. I do not think they're top 10. So it just goes to show you the rankings are the rankings. But when the money is on the line, Vegas go. is on the line. These people, they bet because livelihoods are at stake and they want to, to, to give the bet the right point spread. Because when you put when you reach into your wallet and bet, I mean, that is true gambling. That's not emotional. It is, you know, when they when they put those lines out there, they're telling you what they think. And uh, by and large, they're right a lot of the time. So 
I didn't understand why Texas was a two and a half point favorite in Manhattan. And then they go out there and win by a touchdown. So uh, I've learned to, to not to not uh, go against Vegas in most instances. I thought they were wrong last week. I thought K-State was going to win that game. So um, seven points is a lot, Lou, given how, how strong TCU has been and how Max Duggan has performed against Texas in the past. So I, I, um, I'm right now I'm leaning toward TCU, but um, I might get hit, hit on the top of my hand by a ruler again once it's over. That's one of those things. When you see a Vegas line, you have to understand that millions and millions of dollars are at stake on every line they make. It can be Howard versus Campbell, and the smart money's looking for a broken line in games like that. So there's not a single game that Vegas overlooks. There's no such thing as a, a whatever line. And when you have marquee spotlight programs and games, you know, the primetime games, they are fine-tooth combing those. So when Vegas says seven, you have to pay attention. That is like red alert, uh, you know, bells are going off. You know, Lou, I don't bet on college football, but, man, could you imagine – if you're a Texas fan and you've bet first halves all year, you must be killing it. You'd be rich. You'd be rich. They own the first half, Lou. They own it. They always play well in the first half. And they're always up at the half. And so if you played first halves and you stayed away from them late, then you then you have your money is probably times eight this year and, and much much love to you because you figure some things out. So I, 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 I'm befuddled. Uh, the disparity between the first and second half is crazy. Makes zero sense to me, Lou. But it's a reality. It's not a perception anymore. This is who they are. They're a first-half team. And first-half teams, uh, fan bases of first-half teams are going to be biting their fingernails in the third and fourth quarter because it's going to always tighten up. But one of these times, one or two things is going to happen. They're going to figure some things out in the second half and blow away good competition, or they are they're going to fall victim to what's happened before and blow a lead and lose. The question is, are they going to be able to get out on top of TCU like they have everyone else in the first half? You know, Cedric, I'm not going to. This isn't me trying to take a cheap shot, but when I see a first, second half team, and it doesn't matter who they are, that's all coaching. It's the same players, okay? But it's the coaching that gets tight. It's the coaching I, that changes things and mixes things up. It's not the players. I couldn't agree more. It's the same It's the same personnel. They have Bijan Robinson in the first half and the second half. They have Quinn Ewers first half and second half. It's got to come down to if if Steve Sarkeesian is 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 able to adjust to the other team's adjustments. You got to be a move ahead. If if you're beating them with a certain style, if Bijan's running wild in the first half, then of course you're gonna face a loaded box in the second half. But what are you gonna do about it? So I I, I totally agree. And guess what, Lou? I think Steve Sarkeesian would agree as well. It's not an effort thing. The guy is still playing hard, but he's got to figure out a way to keep his uh, his figuratively to keep that team's foot on the other team's neck, unless they might have problems. 
TCU's not a team to be trifled with. You let TCU back in the game, they've already shown a couple of times that they can come back from double digits and win by double digits. So it would behoove Texas if they get up on them big to keep the pedal to the metal because you don't want to play around with a team that's got real uh, championship aspirations. You got to go karate kid, man. Sweep the leg. You, you got to finish this thing on that. Hey, Cedric, how about a quick timeout? Come back. There's a couple other things I want to throw at you. Yes, sir. Awesome. Cedric Golden on a Wednesday. Joining us on the Smoothie King Hotline. It is the Louis Bellina Show. Presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. All Led Zeppelin Wednesday. Each and every Wednesday. I had somebody asked me once why. And I went, seriously, you're asking me why I'm playing Led Zeppelin, and then I hung up on them. We're joined now by Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. Every Tuesday, uh, okay, he joined us on a Wednesday, which I really appreciate. Cedric, who's going to win the Big 12? TCU. TCU. So here's the key. Even if they lose, you know, Saturday at, man, there's too many names in there, in Austin, There'll be a rematch or they'll face someone else in the Big 12 title game. It's kind of like TCU has two shots to win the Big 12. This is eerily similar to, I want to say it was 2018, Lou, when uh, the Texas Longhorns beat beat uh, Kyler Murray and the Oklahoma Sooners and, and they ended up in the Big 12 title game. But the Sooners are already in very good shape. So they end up re having a rematch and the Sooners beat them 39 to 27. So I, I think that uh, if Texas wins, uh, you know, Texas has a lot more to lose than TCU. TCU can lose this game and still be in the, you know, he's got to win one more game well, to get te- into the conference. Yeah. For Texas, you say? I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was the first thing, but if yeah, Texas yeah, wins, gonna... they have a shot at the, they, they have an inside shot to be the second half of the Big 12 title game. If Texas wins, yeah, Texas they got an wins. inside Texas shot to a top 10 team. Yeah, Texas wins, they get a, they have a great chance to make it. They they went out, they they get in. That's that's what the math says, but if they lose, they're 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 in tough 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 trouble, but if TCU loses, they can still get in. Yep. They just got to win one more game. Texas loses their four lost teams smelling the Alamo Bowl. Uh, actually, Alamo Bowl is the top pecking order. Oh, I don't right. know if Alamo will want anything to do with them. It'd be Texas. more like the the Texas Bowl or the Cheez It Bowl, somewhere somewhere along those lines. I was hoping to see the Aggies and Longhorns meet meet in NRG Stadium at the Texas Bowl, but the Aggies got to well, win out, right, Lou? They got to win out. Odds are against that because of how LSU is playing. Um, Aggies might not participate in this bowl season. Matter of fact, that'd make two straight years they don't participate in the bowl season. It's crazy. It's, well, last year was by choice, but I, I think I think it's nuts that we were having conversations that we were having at the beginning of the season, and now they're looking they're looking at a five and seven. And when's the last time did Sumlin ever have a losing record, Lou? No, 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 he did not. He was an eight so- and four, sometimes seven and five coach. So when's the last time they went five and seven? That's been a minute. I don't. Well, here you go. The last time they lost five straight was 1980. Just to give you some kind of reference point, the last time they had lost five straight was 1980. And you mentioned this year A and M. I couldn't have imagined it. And and look, I was a skeptic, Cedric. I said there were three things that could derail the season, and any of those three were true. 
And I said, the new O-line coach, if the new DC doesn't connect, and uh, oh, and the O-line was my number one concern. And look, anybody that listens to me any day right now can text, can call, call me out if I'm lying, okay? I, I mentioned those are the top three concerns I had. Any of those three were true. This season wouldn't be a 10-win year. All three are true. And it's even worse yeah. than that somehow when we're talking about going five and seven. So it's worse than all three being true. And I and I always I always and the reason I didn't go say ten and two because I had them at nine and three is they always lose to someone they shouldn't lose to. And man, there's more than one on that schedule this year. I was like, wow. And yeah, and and to be in College Station this past weekend, Lou, and you yeah. know, hang out with Ob and Nuno and. And Cease and just and you know AC does such a great job running that show and uh, just a class just a class operation from top to bottom, but to see them see them give up the ghost like they did and man it's just it's it's ugly and it's sad and and you you see ninety thousand ninety something thousand people show up and then and and the same old same old happens and you know how much the people down there love football. Um, it, it's, it's, it's sad. I, and, and I live in Austin, so I know what it's like uh, this time last year, the Longhorns were, were in the middle of a six game losing streak. It's the same thing over and over again. And, um, after a while you're like, man, just got to get to the finish line and, and, and go home and heal our wounds and try to figure some things out. But, uh, it's ugly down there. And uh, I hate it because it's a good football area. Um, I hate it because the dream, as you know, was even making the college football playoff on the outside. Ten wins was the men, men, and to end up at here, there, the past is mixed in with this failure. It's not even a one-year failure. A lot of Aggies, I would argue, the majority, even if it's fifty-one percent, are feeling all of history at once and not just one year. And you can't help but look at the big picture, Lou. You have you have to take inventory of what's happening in that program. And I've never heard Jimbo Fisher talk faster than he talked after that game. And he was saying a whole lot of nothing. And um, you know, it comes to a point where there aren't answers. That the only answers are going to come from from uh, some some heavy self examination, some heavy introspection, some you know, where, where you just have to look at. What did I do wrong? Why did this happen? What's going on with my culture? Things happening in the locker room that you just aren't used to seeing. And, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's a lack of institutional control, but when losses happen, these little problems start to pop up all over the place. Whereas when winning happens, Lou, you don't have as many problems because people are generally happier when they're winning and little and little problems aren't big problems little problems are easily solved but when everything is exacerbated by that weight on your back that's that five game losing streak that's that's just when when people get mad and then they get hurt and then the worst part Lou is when they get apathetic when yep. they stop caring then you got real problems when they check out on you when they check out exactly. on you, when they're already thinking of their next destination or where they're getting their Christmas meal, but or where they're thinking of spring practice starts when, it's when they've checked out on you. Cedric, be amazing. Have an incredible week. Can't wait to check in with you next Tuesday.